podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. LFC Day Trippers, brought to you by bookmakers.com. Welcome to the LFC Day Trippers. This is a Fatback 4 special brought to you by bookmakers.com. Check out their website and their YouTube channel in the description. And you might see my head on their channel once a week as well. So if you want to see that, go ahead and subscribe. If you don't want to see it, subscribe anyway. You just don't have to watch the video with me in it every Friday. I'm brought, I've brought the man, Shawnee, who pulls no fucking punches on anything. Right? Right down to... Who's the best fucking right-sided midfielder in FIFA? He will tell you who it is. If you don't like it, he'll tell you to fuck off. So, Shawnee, we've decided to do this show, me and you, and we've decided to split it into two. We're going to talk about Liverpool right now, and we're going to talk about Liverpool, what they should do moving forward from now. We're going to look at the hierarchy of the club, the management, the players, the fan base, whatever we come across. We're going to touch on different bits and pieces as we go through them. Then we're going to get into... What Liverpool should do in the future. And again, going back to what's the story with the ownership? What should the management looking to be doing for them? What players we should be looking at or where we need to strengthen? So we'll try to split them up as best we can. Um, are you looking forward to this? Yeah, I, I normally find these like these shows like cathartic um, after bad results or whatnot, but like you kinda of had the stew on and to be honest with you, I, I, I said it last night myself on I like it's kinda of hard to get annoyed at it. There's, there's so much ambiguity going on around the club at the moment in terms of just ownership and other shit and just football in general and kinda of burnt out from it. Um I kinda of find myself and I said it at the very start of the season, I'm not getting too caught up in it and I I think I've kind of succeeded in that um, because it's kind of like I, I, I sort of saw last night coming because there was there was remnants of it in the Villa game the 20 minutes in the second half where we looked very much the same and I thought Leicester was a, a particularly difficult watch the other night and I, I didn't really see us having the fight away to they've taken a few scabs there home and away. Like they're a decent side, no no doubt about it. They are a decent side. They're sort of like uh uh Marks and Spencer Stoke, I seen them someone refer to them as where they're just very direct and tough to play against. But Jesus Christ, there's been tough to play against and then there's been easy to play against and that's just been Liverpool since the start of the season. Yeah. Um like I said we're going to spread it up into where we are now and what we what we think. And this isn't gospel, by the way. 
don't take it as Shawnee and Gav said that this is what Liverpool should do and that's it. Um, we're just going to give our opinion on what we think Liverpool should do on certain levels um, moving forward in the next, well, possibly three weeks, four weeks in that transfer window into the summer and beyond in different parts of the club. So let's start off with now. All right. I mentioned Liverpool's owners to you earlier. And when, when I did, you hit the nail on the head and you went, this is a stability issue. Right, and what you meant by that was is that we can look we can look on the field and absolutely pull players apart or or give them credit or whatever it might be, but you feel that what's going on, or presumably going on at the club with regards to the hierarchy, um, is affecting not only the management, um, players on the pitch, and definitely the fan base. That's where we are now, Shani. Like it's. You know, I want to talk later about what we should do with the ownership, but how big of a factor do you think this is? Because I, I, I more or less agree with you when I actually sit down and think about it. Yeah, like you, you go back to like the very start and, and what what we were built on under Jurgen Klopp, and it's just this is harder to take for some because literally this time six months ago we were on the crest of doing something. That hasn't been done in football, which is like we were literally, you could argue, two bounces of the ball away from from winning quadruple um, last year. Like that's literally how close we got. And I, that this isn't like a a pain thing or like just making excuses, but that is literally how close we were. But there was sort of there was glimmers of this, like the game that we went to last year, the, the Brighton game mm. at Anfield, with a couple of injuries missing. And we just looked up, we looked all over the shop. And then we coined it, everyone knew what we needed coming into this season. Um, and when I mean it, I mean everyone. I mean fans on in the stands, on Twitter. I think Kloppy even admitted in the end that we, we needed a midfield. And we didn't get one. But that was it anyway. But then all of a sudden, Michael Edwards you're hearing is going at the end of the season and then Julian Ward is stepping down and a couple of other big wigs now I don't really I don't look too much into that gap because it's one of them things where I, I have literally no control over whether I be negative or positive towards it won't make any difference but like one thing if, if, if you were to use one more to probably describe the, the relationship between Klopp and, and FSG since he's come in would be stability from top to bottom Stability and understanding, and FSG obviously in the in the management sense getting the the best in class in which they did with Klopp, but there seems to be a lot of a lot of rumblings going on in the background now. Listen, I don't know whether the importance of that is overstated or not because we look we are still able to do a deal for Cody Gagbo and there was people saying, oh, look, the clubs up for sale and they won't bother spending any money in January, but that that's proved not to be true, but. Like this outside noise definitely doesn't help anyway, you know what I mean? Because it creeps into press conferences and you have Klopp having the answer, you have Linders having the answer if it's a Carabao Cup game. And it just doesn't help anyone. And it's it's not a good sign. And that's that's for starters. But I actually think the biggest stability issue is on the pitch. I I think that's where stability is the word that needs to be looked at in terms of what exactly um, are we doing in games 
to maintain control or maintain pressure. And like it didn't even take Klopp time to walk that into his Liverpool team. We literally seen that on the very first day against Spurs away when, when Klopp comes in. We knew exactly what the team was built around. In the early days, it was Milner and Lallana and Henderson. That midfield where, look, maybe sacrificed a little bit of goil and creativity, but it was all about work, doing your job and facilitating the, the attacking players or the Mavericks to do, do that work on the other end of the pitch. Whether it was Henderson on the right side of a of a tree, like filling in for for Trent and allowing him to do his thing, or Genie just being an all round workhorse, and then Milner, who kind of they kind of rotated at the start, and you had Lallana as well, who ran his bollocks off in the early stages of club, and the early stages of club was mad football, but it was all about energy, and we seen as the years went on, it became more about control with the signing of someone like Fabinho, a specialist. But even though Fabinho comes in and he's holding the fourth in a in a holding position, you still had Hendo and you still had Milner and Genie walking that bollocks off. And I mean, these what this was the foundation that the football was built on. And it wasn't like a heavy metal football. It was literally just we will outrun you, we will outwalk you, and then when we have the ball, we'll give it to this front tree that I'm at the building here. That's like nothing that we'd really seen in the league um, and we dominated games Gav and, and a lot of people had issue with it because Henderson isn't a De Bruyne type player or uh, Gini Wijnaldum didn't get enough goals or assists but they all they ever were were enablers but they were so so important to to the style of football we wanted to play and then we bring in Keita and we're expecting to see like uh, uh, Gav I'm going to caveat this by saying like this just take yourself out of camps for a minute. I'm not here to say Henderson is a better player than Naby Keita or Naby Keita is this or that or Gene Wijnaldum is this or that. Just think of the type of players that we were using and how they were being deployed. And even we brought Keita in and he had a decent start but he's picking up injuries but he never looked like the Naby Keita that we were looking at in the videos from Leipzig. When he came in, he was more it was more conservative from him. The, he was energetic and he was putting himself about, but it wasn't like the box-to-box fucking all-action Keita. There was a part of his game where he was just controlled and it was obviously by design because that's literally what this team was built on. And when you have a midfield like that who walks the bollocks off, the back four is protected enough where the front three of Mane, Firmino and Salah are literally like, do you know what? On a bad day, we might only need to get one goal here because these boys aren't giving away much at the back. And and, and that's, if you look at the, the seasons where we won trophies, that's what it was built on. Look at 19-20, Gav. Teams knew as soon as he went 1-0 down against us, we're bollocks there. Because you're going to kind of have to catch Liverpool on a bad day. They won't give up much chances. Gav, we were, we were at such a high level in 19-20. There was games when I was getting annoyed when we were giving away chances. Yeah, it was. We are, you know, it was, ridic- at- it was a ridiculous level, but just, just trying to tie a few bits in here, right? You know, you're talking about the, the make, move we make in midfield and, and we try to, I suppose, reinvent ourselves in midfield a little bit. And Keita was like, when he signed in the summer of 2017, wasn't it? But he wasn't going to be with us until 2018. Yeah. Everyone was like, oh, well, you see this fella, like, you know, he, he dominates in midfield, he goes by players and it was something different. And, and the only thing at the time thrown at Liverpool was... 
they're a brilliant side, but the midfield don't assist or score enough. Um, oh, loads of people are saying, but we're scoring loads. Like, how much more do you want? You know, that sort of way. And, and it was right at that level. And listen, there's, I've no issue with a midfielder coming in where there's navigator or anyone where you go, you know what? They they are so hard working, but this fella can start a game against certain types of teams or come on to influence a game in a different way. There's no problem with having different, different you know, areas of expertise, I suppose, as a midfielder and different outputs. Um, but he was he was seen as a big one. But just tying it in, right, because you're talking about the signings we've made there. A lot of people have a problem with FSG, right? And we're going to get on to that in a massive way yeah. later. But do you feel right now that FSG are a bit of a smokescreen for Klopp and vice versa? Because you'll, and what I mean by that is, is that, you know, you have to listen to what Klopp says, right? And we all know Klopp would say mass. You know what I mean? You said that to me earlier about something. But I believe FSG should have probably spent a bit more. But then part of me is going, is Klopp making these calls where the loyalty comes into place? And do you have to tie them in? I'm not saying 50-50, and I'm not saying... It could be 50-50, it could be 90% FSG, 10% club. Where between the both of them, they haven't planned or executed things properly. Now, people will come back to me straight away and say, oh, we nearly won a quadruple. I completely get that. But why we're winning a quadruple, we are looking and going, well, next year we're definitely getting a midfielder, aren't we? Because this fella's this age and this fella just... And listen, it's not having a go on anybody to say... He's just off it a little bit because he's so many miles in his legs. Where do you hold with the, with the with the management slash ownership of this planning and this executing, which is coming home to roost, Sean? You like no matter how much you love Liverpool and no matter how positive you are, you're looking at games right now and you're going, we're in this position, specifically in midfield for me, because we've rebuilt the forward line more or less. The defense has yeah. been is in the process, I suppose. You know, Canate yeah. is probably the first big step in that. Where you you kind of go, lad, you've got way too tunnel vision here and maybe Klopp wanted more and the, and the owners wouldn't give it. Maybe the owners wanted the sanction and Klopp went, no, I like these players. Where do you stand on it? Where is it? Are they both in this together or is one side leaning on the other? Because sometimes I kind of get the feeling that when Klopp says something, you, you believe him, but you, you can kind of read into him more way of going, you know what? They could be offering the fucking few quid, and he's just going, "Oh, I really like that player," because that's his ethos, isn't it? Like you said to me earlier, his ethos is he gets a player in, he molds them, he loves them, he sticks by them, even if they want to leave, he's he's good to them. You know the sort of way. Where where do you sit between as the two of them as a pair? Look, there's there's been many there's there's been many examples like you like I gave of club telling lies, and it's not a bad thing. I think all managers do it. I think if you look back to the annals of time football they just do it they did they never showed a full hand but i think they're about as guilty as each other in this sense and that there has been like signs of frustrating peeping through with club and he's saying like that oh, well like i wouldn't mind if they took more risks and that would suggest that maybe they loosened up a poor strings a little bit but like it comes from i think 19 18 19 we win the champions league and then the window we have after this we bring in Adrian, Seb van der Beek and Harvey Elliott. Now, you'll get people who are ultra-positive telling you, yeah, but we want to win the Premier League. <coughs> yeah. But that was 
Yeah, we're in the like we 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 only lost out by the on the Premier League by a point that season as well. So mm-hmm. it wasn't out of the realms of reality that that team could have went again anyway. But that's besides the point. Like if you look at all the top tra- teams throughout time, even when they didn't need a body, they bring in one because you'd know. And and but the fact we didn't act in that window meant okay, we didn't do it now. But I might carry over in the next window. And then it just feel it just always felt like now we've won trophies, Gav, throughout, but like my fear was and will be when all is said and done here, Jesus, what could a club done with a little bit more of a push? Maybe on his side or the owner's side are saying where you go out, for example, and last summer you boy Bruno Guimardes before he goes to Newcastle. All right. Oh, there's there's plenty of examples. Would you be in? Would you be in the position where People if Liverpool if Liverpool brought in two midfielders, whatever window, pick one, and Liverpool finish fourth, but you're kind of going, well, hold on, we've brought them in. They're really good players. We can't have instant success. You know what I mean? It might take half a season, season, but you're going to see it. Whereas you feel it, you feel as this is just. You know, sleepwalking into we need three midfielders, and we're probably going to have to take the hit this summer where we bring two or three in. And you're kind of going, well, next season we we won't be winning the league because we need to bed these in. He, he obviously had a plan. Like we always talked about, like every August when we we're coming around, we were talking about the the transitions of what clubs trying to do next and the evolution of his team. So we seen like someone like, for example, I made a point to you earlier, saying, and and it's completely glossed over and all of this. People are blaming, people blame whoever they like, whoever makes them feel bad. That's all right. I'm not going to tell anyone how to support the club. I'm not going to please them, but they blame Pep Linders or Klopp or FSG or the, or the midfield. Like, one thing that's extensively overlooked is the the impact of Bobby Firmino. A prime Bobby Firmino not operating in this team who was the harpy to the front players and allowed them to do so much. So, again, enablers. In this team full of world-class players all over the pitch, we had enablers. Jordan Henderson was an enabler. Not everyone's cup of tea, but he was an enabler. Genie Wijnaldum, not everyone's cup of tea, but an enabler. Bobby Firmino, more so than anyone, linked everything. And we brought in Jota, who was more of a running behind striker. And don't get me wrong, up until injuries, we were fucking flying. And it seemed to be walking, and we had Jota, and we had Thiago, and you could see, okay, Thiago's a little bit more creative, and Jota's getting in behind this is the sort of the transformation. And it looked like it was working. But I'm looking now at what clubs down gap. And it's not working. So you take take transfers out and who we didn't sign or didn't or, or who we haven't signed or who we did sign. Like I like Harvey Elliott. I do. I think he's a very talented player. And in no way am I right now his Liverpool career. But you there's nobody can tell me he's a functioning, right sided centre midfielder in a Liverpool team that's going to go on and win things and do things because he just hasn't got the ability now I don't know what Klopp's trying to do and if you look at the squad there's so many players like him that do the same thing Curtis Jones being one does the exact same thing and when I say mean does the exact same thing I couldn't tell you what they do when they play midfield they're neat they're tidy they retain maintain possession they don't give us any solidity and it's no fucking coincidence that with the likes of Elliot and Jones in midfield, we're so fucking easily played through. Carvalho is another one. 
like I don't know where they fit in in the ty- in the types of players that he's trying to play there. I think they I think they'd fit. You could level, level that at Thiago, but I watched Thiago in the Leicester game and he played midfield on his own and he didn't look like he struggled with physicality. He was putting himself about. He was winning aerial duels. He was winning tackles. He was using the ball. He's done that. He done that at Bayern as part of a double pivot with Goretzka or Kimmich. He showed he can do it. He showed he had the nose. Just they're not right sided midfielders. Oxlade, think, Mark, but you see, I but you see for, for Liverpool, and he was on the wing yesterday. So I just the whole Harvey Elliott thing as a midfielder it hasn't worked for me. I, I see some people singing his praises saying he's lovely on the ball and he gives us this and he gives us that. I don't know. He I he doesn't do a whole lot for me, Gav. As a centre mid. Well I, I, I'm not tweeting him off. He's a kid who'll develop physically. But if you ask me when I saw Harvey Elliott, what did I say in him? I said, more of maybe an attacking winger he'll come inside, sort of like a Bernard look and I won't even say Bernardo Silva because he's a little rap bastard who puts himself about and flies into tackles as strong as an ox. But Elliot's more of a number 10 or a creative wide player who I don't see him being a number 8 he knits things together and it's nice and tidy but it's just it's not going to do for us well you see the uh, thing uh, is right the thing is I'm pimping the stress and I don't know what the stress this pimp is in but if you are send us a signal he says even lads happy new year love your chat come on Shani please tell me you believe Klopp will see the light and sort his shit out right I'm sure Shani will get on to that in a bit but, but, but just I think I like Harvey Elliott as a player. Aesthetically, I like him as a player, right? So do I, Gab. I'm but not, I'm I think not... he's I think he's the victim of Liverpool sleepwalking into this midfield situation. Oh, right? Yeah, well, maybe, and what I mean maybe. by that is that Harvey Elliott, for me, if and Klopp probably sees him as this midfielder, and that's probably part of the issue, right? Because we're we're talking about, you know, is Klopp being stubborn and oh I don't want that midfield. I can use Harvey Elliott here. Maybe that stubbornness is there, right? But what I'm saying is that I'll put it to this way. When I went to watch Liverpool at Anfield against Southampton, for about 15 minutes in the first half, Liverpool just turned into the old Liverpool. I mean it. For 15 minutes, right? Honestly, Shani, and I'm and I'm not saying it was yeah, well, yeah, football. Sure. What I'm saying is, is that Thiago and Fabinho literally went up a level for 15 minutes where Southampton got penned in. And I could start to see where Elliot worked a little bit because he was neat and tidy. He was finding angles. But in this side, in this side, I agree with you. When you're being physically outran, you cannot have the luxury of Harvey Elliott in there. You can't no, no. because what happens is, what happens is they look, they look at, they look at Fabinho and they say, right, where, how can we drag him out of position? I'll tell you what we do. We go and we'll attack this attacking, basically a winger playing midfield. And what we do is we'll drag Fabinho where we're doing that, and then we'll hurt him. And that's where I think some players are being are victims of where Liverpool are, right? And there's loads of people in the chat are saying, look, we didn't plan this right, Klopp is stubborn, we should have made signings, we, we only sign, we, we only spend the minimal amount and it's not enough. And and again, I go back to it, you're right. When, when I say when minimal amount, you know, is, minimal amount is is um probably the wrong word on the planet. They spend what they earn. That's just the way they are, and that's the model. And no matter how much we kick and scream well, about it, we're never gonna never, we're never gonna get away from that. And we get onto the ownership in a bit, right? But we've never been at, like we've never been at capacity. Like the the, word, the the hardest part of it to take is like, and I've seen it, and it, look, it could be just speculation. But when you read this rubbish about your man Nunes at the moment, I'm thinking, what the fuck? What the fuck? Like, yeah, just let, you're gonna, yeah, we're going from in the summer. 
for at få de for million. Like, we just let him go to Wolves for a year. When we fucking desperately need him in the field. And then you have Klopp telling you, saying he's happy with the team. Now, it's not fucking hard. I'll tell you one thing. It's not James Milner's fault he's starting games of football no. for Liverpool. And it's not Absolutely Harvey not. Elliott's fault. And it should come down on the management and the recruitment. And Elliott is going in there. And I wouldn't fault, I wouldn't fault his application. He's just not able He's not physical enough to play at the right side of a, of a midfield three for Liverpool. But, but you top. can't. But, but Shani, when we brought in Thiago, right? When we brought in you, Thiago. You, I reckon 19 teams in the Premier League, Every, every, nearly every away game Southampton play in the Premier League, the opposition team will dominate the ball. No, I'm just saying, no, it wasn't even like that. Liverpool did dominate the ball, but it was it was, it was what he done in, in, in a sense of what you see in Liverpool going back a year, two years ago, where they penned them in. And you could see then Thiago really coming into it, yeah. where where you find those angles. And, and things thrown at Liverpool going back where, oh, it's a very functional midfield, but when teams, when we pen teams in and sit back, we don't have any ideas. That's what I'm just saying. That's what you're seeing. And he actually ends up left side. Sorry, right side. More of a right side. Salah goes inside a bit more. And Elliot starts to create and create one for Nunes that scores. Yeah, Nunes. But... You know, when 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 Thiago came in, people were saying like, you know, we have Fabinho and, and Henderson there, whoever, right? Yeah, but when, but, yeah, no, but what I'm saying is Thiago's in there, and he was seen as more of a luxury, and because of the just the style of play he has. But again, but Thiago, I, I don't think he. But, but Thiago, like you said, physically great, winning headers, running around, brilliant. But you, I don't think you can have someone if you want, if you're gonna play like this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Or play those individuals, and you're probably being forced to because of injuries, age, and lack of planning. The the thing is, you have to adjust your output. And I go back now to the management, right? Because I'm go, we're gonna go big on the owners in a bit. I go back to the management, Shawnee. Me and you were just two fucking ages talking about football, right? But we were watching that Brentford game yesterday, and after 15 minutes, Liverpool have played quite well. They end up oh, they play yeah. okay, right? Nunes misses a chance to brilliant block on the line. In fairness, right? But we're watching it and we're saying to ourselves, when this breaks, like Brentford have 30 successful passes in their half in the first half. 30. The ball's in the net four times. Because yeah. we're either losing the ball and we can't get back. We're too high, right? And we're not, the management for me should be looking at this. And this isn't me going clop out by any means. But surely the management should only look and say to ourselves, right, we probably made a bollocks in midfield and we haven't done enough. But this is what we have. Can we not just put two beside each other and let Elliot fucking go before or forward and take a little bit off him if you have to play him? There's no reaction here, Sean. It just seems to be Everyone's same thing and see mid- what happens. Everyone was going on about the midfield yesterday. I didn't even think it was the issue, to be honest with you. <coughs> Kept losing the ball, Sean. Yeah, but th- that look, Gav, the fucking... The boy passed that midfield every time with goal kicks. Your man Ray was just lumping. Yeah, I, playing, yeah I get that, yeah. You were playing by set bases and yeah, 100%. The onus has to fire because the stats come out about how many clear-cut chances he's conceded, and it's way too fucking many for where we want to be. Mm. But at the end of the day, when you have someone like 
Allison, who's been there. now. Allison, I don't know what I'll, I'll take him out of this because he's probably the only player this season who I'd I'd, I'd abstain from any fault. Van Dijk, Matip, Robertson, like these fellas, I said, fucking do something yourself. Get it going yourself. The the second goal is criminal. Your man's taking the ball down on his chest in the fucking in the in the box. Mm-hmm. From the corner. Yeah. After yeah. Uh, after he had the ball in the net twice beforehand. Now you can blame fucking coaching and all, but sometimes players have to take responsibility. And the the, the show after the game of Van Dijk being injured and feeling the the intensity, he got fucking hooked because Van Dijk has been playing with his hand up his hole for the last six months, and people were saying, "Oh, I think it might be the World Cup." He's just been playing with his fucking hand up his hole, slippers. Fucking slippers on the pitch. Yuna said Robinson wasn't on the pitch. I right. That goes back to Simicast as well. Lovely bloke. Great for the YouTube videos. Don't know how right the club. He's not. He's shy. He's pissed. He's back up at best. He's pissed. He's terrible. He's so lax on the ball. He's a fan. A bit of a cut little bully. He's, he's shy. He's so far. People were turning around last year saying he's going to replace Robinson. He's so far away from the levels of Andy Robinson and his effort and intensity. The difference in Robinson when he comes on yesterday. The difference. And that's a high, that's a high level operator, which is how Robinson has been since he's come in. He's been better recently. But had a poor game against Leicester. Yeah, he did. He did. He put up until that like. Just fucking no accountability, no leaders, gone hiding, Gav. That's forget about investment and all of that other stuff. When it comes to it, it's 11 v 11. You should have played with a bit of fucking pride. The first half yesterday was laughable. No, no, laughable. I, I agree with you because, like, what is that? But, but, the, but the, other, the other thing is, right? If you're going look at Real Madrid, right? And I'm, I'm going to use this loosely, right? But Real Madrid. No, they haven't got the quickest midfield in the world. Especially when Cruz um, and Modric were in there. And Casemiro's really good. And he's shown her at United at the moment, right? But they yeah. knew they knew the one thing they didn't want was be hurt down the middle of the pitch. So they always kept the ball, right? They yeah. kept it. And if they had to go over there and come back and go over there and come back, they would, right? And maybe Liverpool aren't built like that. It's like, get it over there and get at people and stuff like that. Fine, right? But we always kept the ball. Or they always keep the ball, right? Because they know, as good as Cruz and Modric are, they aren't going to run up and down the pitch for 90 minutes like machines. Modric actually moves a lot more than you actually give him credit for. But he doesn't want to be doing that for 90 minutes. Not at his age, anyway, right? Okay. And then, and then, but, so they keep the ball, right? Or, if they're going to kick it over everything, we have to make sure that A, our centre-halves are aggressive and winning. But when the ball yeah. drops down, Shawnee, you have to have people that are, comp- you know, they combat against the other team. They they get stuck in. They might flick it back. You don't have to. I'm not asking for midfielders to win every second ball, pirouette on it, and hit 60 yard raking balls and get us attacking again. But you have to get in and fight. And what's happening with Liverpool is that we're not winning second balls, which are basics in football, right? And if we go forward with it and we lose it, we're so open because what used to happen was Liverpool, if he lost the ball, would be on you like a lie, and the ball you could hit forward was percentage at best, which meant that Gomez, Matip, Van Dijk would go, I go up against that forward because he's running into a channel and I'll, I'll deal with him, right? Or it's coming up and I'll, I'll beat him in the air and the fella that's pressed down this end of the pitch is now going to pick up this ball when I head it because that's how they work. 
And yeah. we're not doing any of that. But we seem exactly. to go out with the same uh, the same kind of outlook on the game with the players that, for me, won't work in those situations and keep trying to do it. You know, and that's Klopp. the most frustrating thing to me. And that's why Klopp's not, Klopp's not immune from from um, criticism. And people saying, oh, if this is Linders, and I'm kind of going, listen, if you think that's Linders, like, I don't Linders is assistant manager to Klopp. Klopp makes the calls, right? Linders takes yeah. a lot of training and, and he has a lot of input. But that's what you want your assistant manager doing, right? And all this, like, oh, Linders you know. released a book and every manager in the Premier League picked up a copy. That's yeah, but, that, but that's just ludicrous in my opinion. And people don't like Linders and might think he has too much influence. Maybe he does, but he doesn't have overall influence at this club. Jurgen Klopp does. Otherwise, you would have turned around and went, no point in him signing that contract six months ago. What's the point? But God, what I'm saying to you, Shani, the ideas. I don't think there's any, there's nothing wrong with imagine managerial ideas, but I think you need to realise that when you play high intensity football for three or four seasons, they reckon in any team sport at the highest level, optimum performance, the lifeline, the life cycle of a team is normally three or four seasons. Uh, it's very top, and that's with minimal change, minimal change. We we if this team is probably five six years into the cycle and the last two midfielders that we've signed on permanent deals is Thiago and Naby Keita now that's way too big of a fucking gap between them that that's far five years in the difference if I'm right yeah mm. there's nothing wrong with the ideas but you can't expect the same lads to go to the well season on season out and be half as effective as they were the season before it's not sustainable, especially when they're all they're all getting on. Fabinho has struggled massively. You, you can be, you can be Shawnee if you adjust the way you try to play football. Like someone says, there high line and no press, and that sounds very simple. High line, no press, but it's very true. They're all programmed that way. Yeah, but but, but this is what I'm saying. Who, but but, but the people that are programming them, Shawnee, should turn around and go. Listen. We know, and they've all the stats in the world, they've all the analytics in the world, and they turn around and they say, listen, we're not pressing as much, whether it's by design or just we're not able to. So we cannot have these lads that high up, right? The reason we're able to play that high up is because you you pressed that fella, he didn't have a quick, he didn't have any time to pick out passes. Now they do. Plus, if this fella gets it and goes by our midfield, he's running straight on top of you all the time. And that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like... As much as, and it's definitely down to planning, it's definitely down to execution in, you know, um, turning over players in the squad and freshening her up, right? And it's down, injuries have played a part, form has played a part, whatever it might be, but adjusting to what you need because of what you're looking at of what you have, for me, is a massive issue here. Like, I've no issue with Liverpool turning around and says, we're dropping 15 yards deeper as a defence and we're dropping our midfield 15 yards deeper. And we're not going to go and annihilate these people on the ball. But what we're going to do is we're going to make sure when it comes near our box, we're going to A, win the initial ball. We're going to do absolutely everything to win the next one. And then we have Salah and Nunes or Diaz or whoever who kill you on the break. Just go yeah, and do something. Just, but but they won't. It, it just seems to me like we've done that so long. It's grand. There needed to be a complete reset then, Gab, because these have operated like that for... City haven't changed their system. They've tweaked it a little bit where that, that fullbacks now are, are, are more operating as midfielders when they have the ball because 
they would have looked into it and said, you know what, when we have the ball, we're not at much trouble. And to be fair, it's probably been to their detriment this year of playing with an unmanoying like Haaland. <clears throat> but that's besides the fact. Like, if we don't, if we recruited right, we wouldn't be in this position. But we've been chasing. Uh, we've been a window or two behind since the year we won the Champions League. Would you agree? You say again? Well, we've been a window or two behind since that we won the Champions League. Yeah, I think I think if you need in certain areas, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Up front, like, up front, I've no problem. And defensively, yeah. I've no problem. In midfield, yeah. yeah, I would say if you're thinking you need three this window, you're definitely a window or two behind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and my stand, it's coming home to Rules now. It's coming home to Rules now. On top of the injuries that we've had, we've no depth off the bench because lads are injured. Jota is injured, Diaz is injured. That can't be helped, nothing we can really do. But you still shouldn't be like... I looked there last night and Elliot starts and Kate is on the bench and Ox is played out wide. We both bought, we bought both of those players to be playing as midfielders. They're both in the back end of their contracts at Liverpool. Two players who should be in the prime and they've given us absolutely fucking nothing. Now, that's a big bill bill by whoever's in the club has decided to keep these lads around for that amount of time. Now, admittedly, it's hard to ship lads on big money who don't play a lot of football. I get that. We've been kind of hamstrung by that in a sense. But obviously, we're looking at this now going, right, well, it looks like both of these fuckers are out the door in six months' time. We need to fucking act now. And if I have to pay Chamberlain to sit on the bench or sit at home making TikToks or fucking cater to go off on training in, in Guinea, when he's always fit to go there, let's just fucking do it. Because it's not a want anymore. It's not a, some sort of lust for transfers. This is a necessity if this team is going to carry on and compete at the top level. It's so fucking unfair on the likes of Harvey Elliott, Carvalho, Jones, Bajetic coming in, done well. But Nunes to a point as well, I think. Yeah, and yeah, these lads should be coming in there and learning off the likes of Thiago and all and being comfortable. And you should be able to take Thiago out for a game and go, do you know what, we're going to just throw you in for the big games. And the same with Henderson. But we haven't because they haven't done enough. They have not done enough in these windows to rectify that. And now you can turn around and tell me they spend X amount that. And I believe that. But you can't fucking tell me it would have completely crippled FSG and the club or Klopp or whoever it is who's decided not to, to sanction these deals that I wouldn't have killed Liverpool that had another midfielder or two on the bench. And I'm no, I, I, the no, I don't no. I don't think that's I don't think that's ever the argument. I think I think for me, and this is the way I, this way this way I look at midfield and, and the way it's gone, right? I agree you're a window or two behind. I absolutely agree with that. The way I look at this is it's not only the planning of who you want to bring in and refresh your squad. It's how you deal with players you don't want anymore, right? And for me, Liverpool should have pulled the trigger on Keita and Oxlade-Chamberlain a year ago, right? Yes, And absolutely. now, I will, I will hold my hand up and I will say, I think they were trying to do that in the summer with Oxlade-Chamberlain and he gets himself injured and he can't sell him, right? Yeah. I think, I think the Keita thing, I don't think he's fancied anymore. Right? I think it shows in the run-up to the Champions League final he's not fancied. Right? And they should have pulled the trigger and he didn't. So they, for me, even if they... I don't even know if they wanted to. If they didn't want to, you, you, you'd argue are they right or wrong. If they wanted to, they didn't execute that properly. Right? So that leaves you behind. Do you get me? Yeah. Um, and now, for me with the midfield, 
it goes back to, and it wouldn't have crippled the club because if you if you go back to last summer, just let's just say, let's go back six months, never forget a year or whatever. If you go back last summer and you say to yourself, right, we're going to get seven million quid for Axel Chamber, just for argument's sake, right, and we're going to get. 15 million quid for Naby Keita. Because someone will pay it somewhere in Germany. Or so You know someone will do it. So let's say 20 to 25 million. And we're getting a quarter of a million quid off the, the books every week. Right? You're not telling me that Liverpool couldn't have went down. Went, We've 25 here. We need to spend 70. Let's let's say 70, right? Because that's where they usually go at Winfield. We're going to have to put 45 to this. But our wage bill is probably going to come down. Because we'll get if we're spending 35 million on two players, they're probably coming in at 70 grand, 80 grand a week. Right, so you're saving eighty Chill grand a week on top, right? But, but, and, and this, and yeah, and this isn't this isn't about transfer fees paid. It's about planning of transfers and pulling the trigger on players. They left it too long, rocks. They shouldn't have brought him away. They should have they should have brought him away. And or if they brought him away, do not start him in games. He ends up tearing his hamstring or his groin or whatever it was, right? And that's where the problem comes with. And right now, and the model Liverpool have, and we're going to go on to talk about it in a bit more depth as to what should go on in Liverpool's model. They are looking, whether it's financially or stubbornness or belief or whatever it might be, they are sitting with eight or nine midfielders. And they can't, for you know, pride or financial reasons, cannot justify not having these got rid of, having them there, still paying them, right, and bringing two more in. That just doesn't work in the model. And as much as you don't like it, that is the truth. Now, I think... I'm with you. I would have turned around and went, listen, what I'd have expected, if, if someone came in and gave a nominal fee in January for both of them, I'd have taken it, right? And then you could turn around and say, we've taken that, we have to sign two now. But that's not the way it's going to work now. The way it's going to work is we have nine, possibly ten midfielders on the books, if you include Arthur Mello, on, on a rake of money as well. And they're not going to bring 11 and 12 in. As much as I'm behind... Bellingham or Fernandez or fucking Saicedo or wherever it might be, I'm completely behind doing that. But at the same time, I can still I can see why it's not being done. I'm not saying I agree or disagree with it, but I can see why. And that's why I keep saying sleepwalking into this situation. Yeah, but that, for just just like park names for a minute, all right? Forget mm-hmm. about Blade, Bellingham and Enzo and, and however else, all right? Look at deals that have been done by other clubs. Like how how are we not scouting the likes of man Guy Mares, who went to Newcastle for? I think it was it wasn't wasn't no more than thirty five million. Thirty five, I probably, think, is about the number, right? Yeah. You probably gave him big bump of wages, but I'm guarantee he would have played at Liverpool for half the price. All right, there's no doubt about it. Like, why? Where the fuck? How can you? How can you turn around and go in for too many? Because we did, and we know that now for a fact. We did. Klopp mm-hmm. has said this speculation Klopp has said this he's literally said it that they had their eye on too many and whatever happened with Mbappe and, and Madrid come in and swoop how the fuck have we not got another I'd imagine that the outlay on too many would have been it, w- it wouldn't have been as much as what Madrid were playing but it would have been hefty enough I'd imagine yeah it would have been a big enough price tag you can't tell me that Julian Ward or Klopp or whatever couldn't find somebody to compliment that squad no, and, and and the track record with with them is is that they go in with probably three names, four names. Yeah, but we, exactly. We could we could see it clear as day. We could see it clear as day. Everyone could even yeah, look and saying, look, Liverpool need fucking midfielders. How are the fellas 
who are crunching the numbers and doing the stats and, and looking at these fellas five, six days a week couldn't see that we needed midfielders. And they could see we needed midfielders because they went for midfielders and they didn't get them. So you can't tell me too many stuff was at the start of the window. before the window opened, if I believe. Like, how the fuck are you telling me Liverpool, who have got so much right in the years, is it because Keita and Ox are sitting there and you can't afford to have them? And I get it, we don't have un- unlimited bleeding part of a boil of cash to burn with players on 100 or grad a week sitting on the bench. But surely, we've seen them doing it. They fronted up on Nunes. They paid heavy money up front for Darwin Nunes. They gone and got Gakwa. They went and got Diaz. The fucking midfield has been totally neglected. Yeah, and, and, but I, I, but again, I don't know where to put. I don't know where. I don't know where to put the responsibility there because I don't. And this isn't me looking to like sit on the fence and go. I'm not blaming anyone, but I don't know whether it's Klopp. It's the manager. It's the it's the hierarchy of the club. It's a mixture of both. And and at the end of the day, me and you could say an argument all day, but we actually don't know. You could make yeah. arguments against the the financial side of it. I.e., these players over here, we need to get rid of that. We're paying them a fortune, and our model just doesn't stretch to it. Or there's a fella over here going, I know, I'm fine with them. Um, I couldn't get that fella. He, he was the only one I wanted. I am at the moment, you know. And we don't know. So taking it from there, right? We're going to move on to the only the, the, the future. What we need to we know where we are now, Shawnee. We know where we are with midfield. It's still a bit sketchy for me on what's going on with the management and the owners as to who wants to do what and who doesn't. But that's a football club. We're never going to know everything, right? But <clears throat> I want to get into going forward and the future of the owners, the management on field. What you'd like to see, right? Four hundred people watching, one hundred eighteen likes. So you should be hitting that like button a little bit more. Um, keep hitting it and keep hitting it. Hit it now on your way out, wherever it might be. Me and Shani having a lovely time here. So, the future. And there's only one place to start with the future, and that is the ownership of the club. Because if it changes, we haven't a fucking clue what's going to go on. And if it stays the way it is, we kind of don't know what we're going to fucking where we're going to go either. But with the ownership of the club, Johnny, we go back to the start. We talked about stability, and you think the ownership is a is a massive thing on that. What do you think Liverpool should do ownership wise? What would you like to see Liverpool do ownership wise that can, as a knock on effect, help with the management, help with on field, and and help a fan base for me that is not fed up but kind of looking going mm, getting a bit a bit jittery. That's the way I feel when I'm listening. And this isn't me reading Twitter, by the way. This is me talking to Liverpool fans that I know when I speak to face to face or on the phone or whatever. What do you think needs to happen with this ownership, Sean? I think I think I think for us to really compete, Gav, they'll have to they'll have to move on. Right. And I think I think the fact that they've come out saying that they're open to investment or a full sale is sort of an admittance to that. Now the top is the top reds, I'll use that expression, will probably tell you. Uh, look, I fucking know these things take time. To do the billion dollar deals, they're so intricate, it's way beyond anything we could possibly recollect. To be honest with you, it's not so, it's not like signing a player where it can be done in six weeks, takes a long time. I mean, Chelsea deal was pushed over the line because 
governments were putting squares on their owners. Now, look at the fucking money they're spending. Like, mm. FSC going, there's no way in hell they can compete with that. Whoever's back in Bowley or whatever, there's just not, all right? And club can only walk so many miracles. And I think one thing that really fucking pisses me off is how much they have Lev, like fucking weight on club sometimes not buying centre-backs when we needed centre-backs and just looking for miracles and getting them from him like you know what I mean he, he did he's done it time after time and this one looks like it might be one too many because although it's not done or dead in the water this season far from it it can be it can, can be salvaged um, like it's a big ask for to ask club with this group of players to go and compete Wait, look, look at what Newcastle are doing at the moment with, with big investment. And Ch- Chelsea are going to spend mad money in this window. We haven't even started with Man City. And you know it look like they're in the midst of a takeover as well. So I think the only way for us to compete long-term, and I'm thinking, when you're thinking long-term, I'm not thinking microcosm. I'm thinking when club goes, we're going to need a big pile of money to go up against all the other clubs who have a big pile of money. And I don't know what the story is with the side of the club. It's gone completely quiet. I honestly don't know. The only thing that we do really know is that FSG are going into the NBA. It'll happen in 2024. That's been more or less confirmed. So, I don't know. I think we need to be sold. And that's one thing. The the ambiguity around that at the moment, it's making me really anxious because... Like, if I'm being honest with you, I understand the direction the football is going. I mean, look what they done to Messi a few weeks ago when he was going to lift the World Cup. They are throwing fucking bishts over him. And their town is like, this supposed to be the symbol of a warrior. It, 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 the sports washing the, the bollocks out of sport right in front of our eyes. And I think you either get on this train or you don't get on at all and you're left behind similar to the way we were in the 90s. So, I can't pretend that if someone who didn't line up with the club morally come in to, to, to run Liverpool Football Club, I wouldn't promise you that I wouldn't be going back to Anfield. I wouldn't promise you that I'd be going back to Liverpool. I think football is losing its soul as it is. Obviously, it wouldn't help. But we need fucking investment or we need to be sold because we cannot compete. We, we, we prove it's been proven now that we cannot compete under this model. It's not sustainable. And, I think... and the, the arguments were being all along that, well, we have challenged. Well, look now. We're not, we're not challenged now. It's not sustainable. Yeah, no, we, we have challenged, but when you look at it, and, and in fairness, if you go on, and people like people will say you'll, you'll sign Darwin, and I feel a bit sorry for Darwin Nunes because Liverpool over the last couple of years had forwards that missed chances. But they they knew missing chances wasn't a massive deal because the fellas at the other end will just sort it all out. The three in midfield and the four at the back will give away little or nothing and we might get five chances. We only need to take one, two max, and the game's one. Where Darwin Nunes, to me, I, I think he's so lively, his movement. Um, people are giving him stick over that one where he goes by the keeper. Every striker goes by that keeper and just lashes it at the goal. Like, unless, I don't know, unless you're living in a time warp where you can slow the whole world down and um, see into the future. That's just the way it is. But I, for me, he, he's starting to come across Darwin as a fella that is snatching a chance because 
even early in his Liverpool career, he knows we're getting done at the other end at some stage and I have to make all these chances. You know what I mean? I feel a bit sorry for him. I think he's excellent. I think I think if Liverpool got things right in certain areas of the pitch, he'll just bang in goals and like one will become two, three, four, um, four in a row, five in a row games-wise because he, he's getting in so many good positions. But I feel a bit sorry for him. Robbie says, um, with Super Chat, he says, spend what you earn only works with big player sales or having the best youth development or scouting and we don't. FSG see this. Hence, um, the cash fix or sale. Listen, we spend an awful lot of money on this model. We spend an awful lot of money on this model, right? Net spend and all is, you know, we can go down that route whenever you want, but we spend an awful lot of money. We sell quite well. Um, I don't think we've sold quite as well over the last couple of years, but we usually sell quite well and get some money. And we've, we've spoken, you know, what, a year, 18 months ago about how... Um, we were getting great fees for players that you didn't think you would get great fees for. And you know what? It's it, 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 The model is what it is. And, the you know, we, we can we can give out as much as we want about it. It's not going to change what the model is. The only change you're going to end up seeing is, is, is if a new owner comes in or investment. You know what? When I look at it, I agree with you to a point that the model as it stands... Is a brilliant business model. Don't get me wrong; it's a brilliant business model for right. for bringing in revenue and spending it and competing. But when you look at football now and these clubs that cheat, um, I think you're right that it's hard to compete. But I would, I don't think it's too much to ask if you said to me tomorrow, "Listen, we're going to bring in there's new owners coming into Liverpool Football Club. They are going to basically do what FSG do, but they're probably going to put a hundred million a window in." on top of it, whatever we need, whatever we get, right? Which is already probably average 150 million a year. Now, people will say, oh, well, you get F by FFP. Yeah, owners can put so much money in every year. FFP and, is a lot of bollocks. Yeah, FFP is a lot of bollocks. But yeah. what I'm saying is, is that I'm against state ownership of Liverpool. I've said this, and I'm not getting into the argument now because we'd be here all fucking night. I'm completely against it. Because yeah, no, I don't I think... Look, Gav, because look, for, I'm me, not, I'm for not. me, what I do, when you see the clubs that are state-owned, they're nowhere near Liverpool's calibre of a club. Nowhere fucking near them. Yeah, you know. Right? Actually, no. So I, the calibre of club Liverpool are, I don't think you should be staying on. But look, that's another thing. Going forward though, I FSG, I think you're right on NBA. And they're going to yeah. have to find the money from somewhere. Right? Yeah. But I don't know if they let go of all their, all their shares in Liverpool. I yeah. wouldn't be against someone coming in and taking 60% of Liverpool and saying we're buying it for this with the promise of this investment. And over the next five years, we will increase our ownership to become overall outright owners of Liverpool. I'm not against that. Look, I'm not bashing FSG. The way I see it is, and the way I look at it literal, I think they've done really well to buy Liverpool at the time they did. They've they've fucking grown it into a juggernaut again. They, they've made us huge on the pitch, successful on the pitch, and highly successful off the pitch. The infrastructure of the club is is absolutely incredible. The new stadium, the training grounds, that's all that. You have to give them credit for that. But I think they were the perfect proprietor to bring us to the top. But I think it takes a different kind of kind of animal to stay there. And yeah. and, 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 and Paul Garmy says 
But Paul Gormley says there, and before I read out a super chat, he says, FSG want out, Gav. I'm going to come back to that in a second. Dinesh Karoy says, even do you think Liverpool should drop five yards back and play a 3-5-2, let them have the ball, and Liverpool hit them on the break? We've spoken about that, and we get on to what we think Klopp and, and on, on the field, what we should do in a minute, because we want to get out of here in the next few minutes. But if FSG want out, FSG want out. All I'm saying is, is that, and it's, it's not this kind of be careful what you wish for, because I think that's a bit fucking pompous when people say it, right? But all I'm saying is that I think Liverpool can compete if you brought in someone with the nous that FSG have, because they clearly have it in getting money into this club of massive amounts, right? But with someone that just comes in and goes, it's probably going to cost me between 500 and 750 million over the next five years on top of what we earn. But... In five to seven and a half years, five, five years' time, the club could be worth another billion on top of it. We'll make our money anyway. You know, speculate to accumulate. I have no issue with someone, and I don't care where they're from, right? Once it's not state-owned, and they come in and go, listen, we're going to take FSG's model. We're going to bash 100 million on it every year over the next five years. And listen, the club's worth four billion now, probably worth five. And in five years' time, we might sell it, and we make 500 million profit, and it, we, everyone loves us. I have no issue with that. But I think, I think where you're looking at now, and I think the next three weeks is fucking huge with regards to sign. And we say this nearly every window, but it's absolutely monstrous in the next three weeks as they're going to do anything. And if they don't, if they don't, I think they'll just go. Listen, the season is gonna go as it goes. Klopp knows it's gonna go as it goes. But come the summer, someone else is gonna be in charge, and they're gonna go to Klopp. Listen. They didn't spend that 200 million, but there it is there, and there's another 100 on top of it, and you go and do what you need to fucking do now. That's what I think might happen right. with the ownership. Yeah, yeah I, I, I was of the idea that the, the season probably be routed off, and I said that already. I just wouldn't be surprised, but still, there's, there's work to be done still in terms of building this squad, and they can't, they just can't afford to sit on their hands in this window. They just can't. They absolutely can't. Because, again, we're already behind windows. It doesn't matter how much money you have to fucking spend. But it's new because you're in the summer, Shani. Because you're walking around this Liverpool football club going, we need... Like, we we, we more than likely won't have Keita, Oxlade-Chamberlain, Milner. Mello won't be there, right? Don't count him anyway. He hasn't 13 minutes of football at Liverpool. But we're walking around this Liverpool football club in the summer going, we need three midfielders. Um, and we're not talking to squad because you can make arguments against Fabinho, Henderson most certainly, um, you know... Thiago's getting on. Elliot, does he walk? Curtis Jones, does he walk? There's loads there where you kind of go, these will have to play a lot of football at Liverpool. And then you're snooking yourself with paying 60 and 70 million quid for players or 80 million quid. That should they cost to, 40. They need to go in now with what remains in this window uh, and do that fucking due diligence and pay what needs to be paid to get someone like a Casado. We need more enablers in this team. It's as simple as that. We need more. And forget about fucking Bellingham, Enzo Fernandez. We need enablers now, right now, to allow uh, top players to operate the top of it. It, 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 it. Go back to it now. The quick fix now is get bodies in the middle and build on there from the training ground. Because if you can build a solid base from the middle, you're taking pressure off your defenders. <clears throat> you're taking pressure off your defenders as well. And then that's half of the fucking ball, the, uh, job done. Um, really, I do, I do. It's comp- it's so salvageable this season. We've seen what happened now. Before the break, we went away at Spurs and we went at home to City, and we've a couple couple of good results away to Villa and at home to Leicester. Results, not performances. Yeah. 
and we are right in the fucking mix and it's doom and gloom again yesterday because we got beaten away at Brentford who are no bleeding joke by the way they're not they're no, no shit no and, and listen at the end of the day we're, we're, we're seven points off we're not even halfway toward. through the season no we're seven points off toward we have a game in hand I think right yeah. And all right, I think we'll end up about eight points off towards the same amount of games played because you know it'll be in their game in hand as well, right? But at the end of the day, we're, we'll probably be possibly four points off fourth with 20-odd yeah. games to go, right? Um, Hopefully, right? And we've a tough run of games coming up. But it's not all over. You know, it's yeah. a bad, bad result yesterday. But it's very salv- salvageable. If you, one, adjust what you're doing, with the, if you have to go with the players you have, you have to adjust the way you approach things. Or you say to yourself, we're signing that fella in the summer. We we have to go and get him now. Even if it's one, just yeah. one, to say, just to, and it's not even that he's going to come in and play, he will play a lot of football, but he comes in and he and he, and Elliot kind of goes, oh, fuck, I'm not going to play now, or, or Henderson, or, or Fabinho, whoever. Because I think if you sign Saicedo, right, just for Ayman's sake, I think Fabinho, I think they're all looking around going, I could lose my place to this fella because he can play in any of the positions. Exactly. Genuinely. So yeah, that come down to them fucking cocking up and fronting up the money. And I don't want to hear that they don't have it or they won't fucking spend it. Well, G10 asks, sorry, G10 says, why shouldn't FSG match it though? How is it acceptable they turn 300 million into 4 billion and not leave a red cent of it after them? Well, G10, listen, in order for them to see their money, they'd probably have to sell assets, right? You know, to, to see that money. They only see that when they sell the, the complete asset at the end of it. You know, they haven't taken any money out of the club. The reason it's gone from 300 million to 4 billion is because they've been very good at bringing people in and making it work, making the club successful. Yeah, have they spent enough? Maybe not at times. Have it been planned enough? Maybe not at times. There's, there's absolute problems you can throw at them. But you won't see that. Like people go, oh, they're getting 4 billion. Why can't they give us some of that? Well, they won't get the 4 billion until they sell it. You know what I mean? And if you want them to liquidate some of that, they probably have to turn around and go, well, listen, we can get you 100 million, but we're going to have to get rid of him or sell part of the fucking ground or something like that in order to get that money. That's not going to happen. If that's just the way it is. That's a figure that's put on an asset that's being built, and that's just the way it goes. But it, the other side of it is then is do they put their own money in? And they don't. But that's the model. And you agree, you don't agree, but shouting and going on about it it's not going to change the model it simply is that it's like going in and giving out about the price of something in a shop shouting about it is not going to make them change the price just not you know what I mean um, but Shani we, we speak about what we need going forward and we speak about you know on field and stuff like that but and we've, we we have in fairness we've spoken about is Klopp stubborn is he this that and the other and we, we've got loads of comments in on him one way or the other right but the management and the team itself going forward we know it needs midfielders right we know that but and and if you bring two or three in you might go that'll make a massive difference to Liverpool but do we need to become more flexible is what I'm trying to ask because we could bring three in and go back to a Brexit midfielder just works its bollocks off let's sell it and Nunes and I'll do its bit and we could absolutely be fine with that but we need do we need to be more flexible in, in, in a way that that's not working in this game we need to change that we need to you know because I, I could see us getting back to absolutely competing with the right investment. I'm going in with a midfield that's functional because I think the forward players could eat teams alive. But as a manager, assistant manager, coaches, analytics, yeah. whatever it might be, oh, and then players on the pitch, uh, then players on the pitch get help, be more flexible, and even strengthens Liverpool more, I suppose, going into the future. It's it's the, the people blaming the management and all. Yeah, of, of course they have to fucking take some blame for setups and that like that. But there's not a manager across the league who's blameless at any one stage. Even when we were winning, 
titles, people would say the club didn't make subs often enough. I think at the the real issue at the moment is looking at it for now. There's so few changes we can make to personnel. Never mind systems, because we've so many fucking players out. Like any player who made us dynamic is out. The likes of Diaz is out. Jota is out. Do you, know, do, you, do you get what I'm saying? Mm. We haven't got the midfielders to chop and change. Like we, we don't have the personnel to change systems at the moment. We can literally only walk with what we have. And that'll be much for muchness, I think, for what we have there. Uh, well, literally, fucking uh, a Thiago injury or a Fabinho injury away from being <coughs> completely fucked. So we're a few bodies in, in the window, like a Gakpo, for example, and I think we need two midfielders in this window. I genuinely, I do. I, I know, I know your part on the. Well, on I'm, the I'm, I'm not. I'll, listen, I'll take two, but I'm yeah. just going on past form and where we are. That I beg for one to take the pressure off Hendo, to take the pressure off fucking Fabinho. Just who can move and get us going again? We just, we we need an injection into the squad because we seen what happens when you pull four or five together. It, and the thing is. Like, a goalpost and move, obviously the goal now is to get into the top four in May, all right? It's as simple as that. Why not chasing this fucking city side that are going to do 90 points? The door will be left open once we take our chances. And, well, well, more than good enough of doing it. But he needs help, Gav. He needs help. He needs support. There's no point banging on about Klopp and Linders. The fucking... It's low hanging fruit. It's he, he needs support, Johnny. Yeah, or if he's, like or if there's an element of stubbornness there or from him, he yeah, needs a slap in the head. Yeah, uh, yeah. Look, we that, that that's that's guess guesswork. We don't fucking know. Klopp's probably it's all guesswork. He's probably pulling his hair out. Hmm. See, people are saying to me when I take Amrabat. I'm literally at the stage now where if you offer me a man fucking billing off. Bond. I take him. Honestly, just legs. And some we can't go with what we have. It's mm. not going to work. And it, it it's not Linder's fault for writing a book. It, it's don't be so naive. It's like when every goalkeeper we had was shy for nearly 30 years. Poor Actaberg got it in the neck. Yeah. Everyone said Actaberg was a fucking and look at Allison. Has gone on to become one of the best keepers we've ever, the best keeper we've ever had. It this can torment with results that you don't just become bad players overnight. When we if we got on a run, the muscle memory would be there. It would kick in once lads know that there's fresh blood in there to help them out. Van Dijk needs help. Matip needs help. Trent needs help. Salah needs help. I think. I think the fullbacks. I think the fullbacks need, need a bit of a hand. I think I definitely think the centre halves need help, or need like I said earlier. I think they need to be brought back into a position where they just know what they're dealing with. Once once their centre halves know what they're dealing, like any centre half, you know you're dealing with him, and you know what type of ball you're going to be dealing with. Ones down the channel, or ones up to his head, yeah. right? Whereas we air centre halves seem to be trying to deal with fellas charging to the middle at them. You know what I mean? I think our fullbacks need to be facilitated more. Yeah. I don't think Trent's been in the best of form, but I think he showed glimpses over the last couple of games. But if yeah. you facilitate them more, and what do you and you go back to that Brexit midfield as they call it, right? It, they facilitated everything. 
They exactly. facilitated the wide men. They facilitated the fullbacks. They protected the centre backs. They done everything in there for them. And I said it to you earlier. Just give me two fellas that can run around and fucking tackle and do what Henderson and Wijnaldum done going back a couple of years ago. And don't score any fucking goals. I'll take it all day long. We can become ten percent more harder to play against. We'll put more points on the board. Correct. Yeah, we can ramp that up. Yeah. We can ramp that up to 90 if you get the right bodies in. Because we have the quality there on the ball to kill you. Like we used to fucking make the pitch this size yeah. for teams. And if the ball spilled over or you tried to press Van Dyke, it's a 70 yard diagonal on the mouse top. Yeah. And Bobby's dropping in and your centre halves don't know where to go. And Man A's buzzing about and the space and it's chaos. We're creating chaos. We're fucking utter nightmare to play against. So easy now. Yeah. So I think I think Olivia says the solutions are not in the squad. I agree yeah. with you. I agree they with are. you. I think the solutions you can you could bring about a solution for what's in the squad by changing what you're trying to do. But I think to play like we're trying to play at the moment, the solutions aren't there. They just aren't. I think I think if you bring Jota back and you bring Diaz back, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant because the options you have and I think it'll take the focus off Nunes a little bit and, you know, he might, mightn't have to start every game and I genuinely think if he gets a goal, he'll just start and if Liverpool become harder to play against, I think Nunes takes chances easier. He takes that chance brilliant. I know he's offside but the goal he scores yesterday is brilliant. It's a brilliant run and it's a brilliant finish and it was like he just lost himself for a minute and just scored whereas other times he doesn't look like he's thinking, but I think he is a little bit. But look, it's um, it's it's one of those where and and people are saying like, you know, um, you know they make all this money and and the thing, but look at the accounts. They don't they don't walk away with any money. Liverpool don't earn any money at the end of the season. They just don't. And and you, all this stuff of like where Villa spend more than all. They don't. They don't. They don't. None of them clubs spend more than Liverpool. No, when you look at the accounts at the end of every year, they simply don't, right? Um, they, but they, they but was a liquidation trying to pay a wage yeah, bill. But but the thing is, like, you know, it's not it's not you're not being fucking edgy and you're not being controversial by saying, look, they either need to, in my opinion, they they either need to start putting more money down, or oh, or no, someone else needs or, or or someone else needs to come in and do it because as much as the model is great and it's it's down to a T, the model that they have. The way football is going, you don't want to, I don't want to end up in that cheat train, but you probably have to go a bit further um, than what they're doing at the moment. And I think that's a fair that's thing football. to say. Um, thanks, thanks FSG for everything you did. <clears throat> but we need someone to push it on a bit more. Unless unless you're willing to do it, which I don't know if they are. I don't think they are. Um, but look, um, LFC says LFC or seven eight six says Gav fourteen clubs spend more than us. It's a fact. They simply don't. They don't. They don't. It's I'm telling you now, they don't. He's because, reading. He's reading the net spend thing. Off well, the net spend thing is what you're probably reading. But the thing is, if you look at Liverpool's income against their expenditure, they don't spend more than Liverpool Football Club. Do they spend more on transfers? Yes, but they don't spend more than Liverpool Football Club, and they probably don't get as much for their players as we do. And that's just the model. Um, John o doesn't care about models; he wants to win. Well, that's where me and you um, don't don't agree. Um, but I really enjoyed that, Shani. I think we've been honest. I think we've been fair. Um, 
you know, it brings up an awful lot to think about right now and think about in the future. And listen, we could be sitting here in six months going, remember all that we talked about, none of it happened. Um, and we could be winning everything or we could be losing everything. We don't know because, again, we're just two we just talking football. But we wanted well, to come on here tonight and talk about it. And the chat's been amazing, by the way. The chat has been deadly. Oh, it's on the Nunes thing. It's like, I don't, like, I refuse to believe it's true because it's so bizarre. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It, I, like, it's the most ridiculous thing I've heard. It's that, that story feels like it's sausage of the week, Shani. Yeah, no, it could well be. The yeah. weather fucking is. Oh, yeah, did your man get knocked off? What was that fella? Was it a sausage tycoon that passed away? And you said that was the ultimate sausage. What's yeah, it? well, look, there's no more sausages of the week. Yeah, Russian tycoons would want to stop falling out the fucking hotel windows, wouldn't they? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Obviously, sausage tycoon, he would have been worth a few quid, but yeah. I don't think any amount of money would be worth being referred to as the sausage tycoon. Yeah. Um, listen, um, that story could be Shawnee Sausage of the Week. Shawnee loves uh, the old Sausage of the Week show, and that story could be it. Um, listen, it's it's not great at the moment for Liverpool. Um, on the field, off the field, it feels a bit all over the place. Although yeah, nothing's really yeah, being said. But look, how it is, it's 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 bollocks. Like he, he, we've gone from years of still stability, so we don't really know what's fucking going on. And anyone who pretends they know what's going on they really don't mm. let's be honest we were told that sales will be done by november and all and stuff like that do you think this is fucking dfs selling sofas or something it's not yeah. it's completely different there yeah just pick it, them up what way you want your corner sweep arm to face and stuff it's hard to be all in on something when i don't know what's going on in yeah. the, the background but yeah. sean is more touches of the week that's all right red steve you wouldn't be the first person to say that. <laughs> no Oh, and Johnny doesn't give a bollocks anyway. Um, <laughs> right, listen, um, we're going ahead, but we want to thank everyone in the chat. It's, they've been absolutely amazing. Their comments, as always, have been respectful, firstly, and um, insightful as well. And they give, like I said, great opinion, and we throw load up on the screen. And, and you know what? We don't. Some of them we don't throw, we read them and then go, oh, that's a good idea. Let's start talking about that. So you do feel the shows in, in more ways than you think. Um, shout out to bookmakers.com. Check out their website in the show description. Check out their YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe and you'll see me there on Fridays talking Premier League and doing some predictions. Um, they are they are sponsoring us for the rest of the season. Fair play to them. And as I said, um, the website is not what you think it is. Yes, there's bookmaking going on. Um, and if it's not for you, that's fine. If it is for you, make sure you do it responsibly. But there's loads more on there, like comparisons and um, player ratings and injury updates. There's loads going on from all sports. So it's it's really, really good. And I know they're working on it um, to bring more and more to you. Um, I'm going to talk to them next week about what's coming because I like to know what's going to happen on the website so we can find the fourth. Um, but, Shani, anything else before we go? No. Uh, no, that's it. Pretty much fucking... Brighton away next in the league, isn't it? So yeah. yeah, Wolves in the cup of the weekend. I fucked that. Shani, I think we're out for a drink on the day of Brighton. Oh, are we? Yeah, and I'm tr- I'm half thinking, should we go out for the game or should we just meet yeah. up after the game? We do a rain check on that. Yeah. Well, we playing Southampton again. <laughs> Wait for the far- if we get through the third round of the FA Cup and get Aldringham in the next round, we might go out for that one. <laughs> That's what's great to know. If there's any darts on, we'll probably go out and watch that. Ah, listen, we go out anyway. We just fuck the football. We just have a nice time anyway. That's what we do anyway. Right, that's been a Fatback 4 special. All about um, Liverpool, the problems, how to fix them. We Could we have solved it? Possibly. Do we think we did? Nah. Um, 
we're, we're probably talking absolute bollocks, but that's how it goes. That's it. Talk to you in a bit. Over now. Sports Social Podcast Network.